Hey guys, I'm Adam Rappaport, and this is the Bon Appetit Foodcast. All right, this week we have on Erica Nakamura and Jocelyn Guest, uh, big-time butchers and owners of J&E Small Goods, a purveyor of homemade sausages and hot dogs. Uh, Jocelyn and Erica were guests a while back when they were running things at White Gold, uh, an Upper West Side butcher shop slash restaurant. Uh, But since then, they have started a family, moved upstate, and launched their own company. Carla Lolly Music chats with them about the impetus for all that change and what it's like starting a business while also starting a family. Uh, After that, I sit down with our Basically editor and first-time podcast guest, Sarah Jampel, to talk about nuts, how to buy them, how to store them, and how you should be cooking with them. All right, here we go. The most annoying thing about, I think, owning your own business is that you're responsible financially for everything that happens with it. It's really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So when you guys made the transition from working for other people to opening your own business, Mm -hmm. like... What were I've read? I know that there's like long hours where you know that's obviously part yeah. of it from being in that world. But what were the other what were the big challenges with going out on your own? Well, I think I think your mindset totally changes. Like when I was an employee, I was like, all right, like I'm out, clock it out. Yeah, and now <laughs> I was like, no, I'll stay open an extra half hour. What you want? Right. You want a ribeye? Yeah, you want like six of them? Yeah. Like you like try harder. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not that I didn't try hard as a worker bee, but (laughs) I think that raising money Mm -hmm. is just dehumanizing. Oh, it's so hard. Raising money for your business. Yeah, for your business. And I mean, everything is at stake at that point. Right. No pun intended. But I'm also like just push and push and push and to the point where people are like, leave me alone. (laughs) It is really hard to be like shameless. Absolutely. You're really good at it, though. Yeah, I like that I'm used to engage. I'm like, Erica, can you go talk to that guy? What is it about you that makes you... I don't give up. Like, yeah. I just kind of don't take no for an answer. So I'm like, unless someone actually says no to my face, I'm like, so about that thing we were talking about. Like, door's still open on that. Yeah, texting, calling, I just, I don't stop. And so that was that part of White Gold Butchers? Or was that, that's more of a, that's more of a now thing with, with J&E? It's definitely a now thing with J&E. The first business I opened in L.A. was fully self and family funded. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I screwed over my parents so hard to do it. <laughs> and I also screwed my brother over my baby brother. Um, I mean, he didn't talk to me for like two years after I closed that business. Wow. But, you know, I mean, and, and you learn a lot about well, yeah. what not to do. And I think the investors learn a lot about a restaurant business. Yeah. That yeah. was, I mean, when I started cooking, I thought for sure I was going to, my whole goal was to work through line cook, mm-hmm. right? you know, sous chef, executive sous chef, like yeah. all the way up and yeah. then open my own business. And the deeper into it I got, I was like, this is terrible. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really, <laughs> I think people, especially now with like the media that's out there about being in the food world, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, that's so dope. Like you must have just a blast. And I think you do most of the time but it's also really really insane yeah i think it is insane the things that you do are insane Mm -hmm. i mean i've been literally like elbow deep in like on the floor 
with the with the arm in a drain fishing out beef fat that an employee who was lazy and dumped I mean you know what I mean like the the scenarios and the nightmares there's beef fat bubbling up in another <laughs> drain like two floors down and you're like what is going on but like even on on night before last at Evan's house mm-hmm. like one of our we had like a a metal bucket uh from the oh, hippo that place fun. that started yeah. leaking and I used like Evan's very nice embroidered beach towel and I was like excuse me chef like <laughs> Carmelini can you just and I was like on my hands and knees just like mopping up water you just have to do it yeah it's yeah. great dude beef fat butcher problems dude you know yeah. it's oh, yeah. real <laughs> it's true you have like had the... a drum of hardened beef fat outside of white gold it's for, like a... until summer came right. because no one could pump it out of the oil drum right it, was solidified and it's in the best of spirits because here we are being like we're so sustainable we're using the beef fat in the fryer and then it's like well where does it go right yeah yeah, yeah we called 1-800-JUNK and we were like yo can y'all come get this thing and they were like no, no. that's not junk and what? we were like yes it is <laughs> come get it, yeah. it let's come horrible. over with a lot of potatoes <laughs> exactly. and we'll fry them and then you can take those oh, right in the right. fryer yeah it was crazy um all right so i feel like i jumped in with a re- really <laughs> big question but so backing up a little bit I do feel like um, when I look at your guys's careers careers uh, and now mm-hmm. they're a fused career yes you know a lot of steps of the way I just feel like you guys were rule breakers like being first of all just being female butchers as far as like sure. uh, changing stereotypical idea of like who you're gonna see behind the counter and do you do you guys feel Feel like there's something about you innately that set you up to be I don't know to do that I think we always <laughs> kind of just say that we're too dumb to know <laughs> right. otherwise like in 2018 we like left our job we left the city we got married we had a baby we started a new company that's a big year. our house got inundated with mold we right before the baby. everything out and clean it and put it and we're just like oh yeah this is just how things go and like I just don't think we know any better. Sure. I, you know, what's funny is that, so I'm inherently a rule breaker. I've always been that way. I mean, ask my parents, they'll tell you the craziest stuff. And Jocelyn is inherently a rule follower. Interesting. So, I'm a Virgo rising. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. like my <laughs> order. I need my structure. Right? Totally. But and once I'm, I know the rules, I'm like, okay, we can. For sure. Like I was the kid three years old who had a shaved head because mm-hmm. my mom was like, this is who you are. You're going to do it. Do it. And I Didn't kept, your sister shave your head though? She did. She started it. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, and I kept it that way for years. I mean, into my teen years, you know, because and that's like way before I knew like who I was deep inside. And I was just kind of like, whatever, screw you. Right. You know, and so I think when you apply that into how you conduct business and and all that, you just got to follow your gut. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think that true authenticity really comes out and it's what I think people love about us. And it's, I think what people are like really freaked out by us about, you know? So, I mean, it goes across the board, but it sounds like also you were maybe in a, uh, even just in that family, um, structure in a place where people are like, okay, yeah, (laughs) do it. Absolutely. So when you started, I guess, so Lindy, just chronologically lindy was and then breslin and then white gold that was you that was me okay and i was lindy and grundy and then dixon's and then salvation burger and then white gold got it yeah okay totally and so the current lineup of products again Mm -hmm. 
makes me feel like you're doing things differently than they've been done before. So if there's like a standard way that people have an expectation of how literally a sausage gets made, right? <laughs> you guys are approaching it very differently. Right. Can you talk about wh- how and why you want to change how the sausage gets made? <laughs> that is also, that I just realized that's possible. a Hamilton lyric. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Are we how the sausage gets made? Yeah. I was talking about it. I mean, I know it's like a thing, like for sure, but I was, I've been aggressively listening to Hamilton and I heard it the other day and I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was saying it to someone the other day, like, yeah, you really get to see how the sausage gets made. And the person I was talking to was like, that has a, I think there's a negative connotation. Like when you see how the sausage gets made, it's like you see that like the politics are corrupt or the whatever. I was like, no, no, literally. (laughs) But it's also the same as, you know, when you say like, oh, you butchered it. Like uh-huh. it's like a negative thing. Right. But in well, reality. Like on, what's the show? Criminal right. Minds. Every serial killer is called the butcher. Oh, right. God. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I I take it as a personal affront. So. Yeah. Right. But we're also when taking you, it back, right? You're like, I butchered it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really well, it. actually. <laughs> That's like. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, so but your, your guys' sausages. as Yes. As, how are they different or like what? What was the, what were some of the goals? What, how did you want to rewrite the script? Well, I think so. Jocelyn always kind of talked about sausages being like you know people think it's like a bunch of lips and assholes, right? Like <laughs> to, to put it mildly, from my father is a right. Child. Or or whether it's that it got a bad rap from like pink slime, mm-hmm. or you know the nitrates and ni- nitrates and nitrites that go into it, or the binders or the fillers, or the I mean blah blah blah. So right? that like, like a sausage is a place where you park all the unwanted bits. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then in modern times where it's also like. A lot of preservatives, yes. a lot mm-hmm. of fla- natural flavors mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. else. But now the unwanted bits, like let's get back to that for a minute because the unwanted bits, like unwanted is a sad term for that because to me it's the most sustainable way to consume mm-hmm. in a way, right? Like because what are you going to do with un- unwanted bits? Like throw them away? Right. Like, you know, let's make something out of it and it's something delicious and it's something that – you know, again, like to keep quoting Jocelyn, but it's the no, great. <laughs> Go on. It's the great equalizer mm-hmm. when you take. Well, wh- that's like when the like. Go for it. Sorry, yeah. I'm interrupting. Um, like when people you. were like, "Oh, I am making my own burger at home, so I need like three quarters of a pound of ribeye and a quarter pound of skirt and some hanger," and I'm like, "You don't know, right?" Like. You know, grind the chuck, and it'll be more delicious because it doesn't matter if it's like a skirt. St- anyway. That's what I mean when I say it's the great equalizer. Like you can take right. like the crap that doesn't make a not crap. Ooh, sorry, uh, like the extra <laughs> stuff that doesn't make a great steak or roast or whatever. And right. it's 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 next door neighbor. It's just not as pretty. Right, because in our current sort of American, the way that we consume animals, we're like kind of we like love those big primal cuts, mm-hmm. and people want those recognizable things and there's just like you don't even in a standard butcher counter even like a well-stocked one Mm -hmm. you're not going to find necks and things and you know those pieces because I think we're a little bit obsessed with like the big the big primo cuts right well Jelena had a recipe for lamb neck in their cookbook Mm -hmm. and that made me just so happy because people would come in and be like do you have lamb neck and I'd be like Hell yes, you get a flam neck. Like, it's awesome. That was actually, um, you know what Slack is? The like, it's like an inner office kind of message. Oh yes, communicator of mm-hmm. app thing. Yes. So there was a a Slack, a Slack on a 
on a on a channel that is not at all about like finding things out. Mm-hmm. It's like where there's a shared calendar and it's where people are like you book the room on a day when I book right. the room. Like that's literally what the <laughs> entire channel is for. And then out of nowhere, this um, guy slacked everybody and was like, emergency, does anybody know where I can get eight lamb necks ASAP? Yeah, and I was just like. Dream. Uh-huh. <laughs> like call dream. Delicious. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then all these people were like, call me, call me, like, <laughs> call me, call me, call me. And I was like, wow, man, you are in the wrong channel and you have yeah. a problem that I, I don't, I can't solve, but I like really want to know <laughs> what is happening today. That's that awesome. you said eight lamb like right now, stop. but everyone is awesome. like all on it too, which is pretty great. It's like an oh all God. channel yeah, alert. Yeah. But yeah, I, I remember ta- having a similar conversation with my boss Adam Rappaport about like lamb neck or like even copa, yeah. you know. And like mm-hmm. if you sell it, if I sold it to him as like, oh, it's this delicious like roasted kind of roasty brazy like mm-hmm. copa, <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> copa, and I'm like, yeah, no, it's just the pork, ne- like the neck, but like the top of the shoulder. Anyway, it's great. You can totally get it now. Right. You just go to the butcher and ask for it. And yeah. he's like, <laughs> not first of all, not true. Right? No, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like so much, so much of it just gets thrown into the. Right. The hopper of the grinder. Right. So. It's true. Well, I mean, look, we love hamburgers in this country. And honestly, we love sausages, right? I mean, it's it's such a big staple from, like, the dinner table, like, with little kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's so much easier to put, like, a hot dog in front of a kid and be like, eat this. They're like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, our like, poor child eats so, so many much. hot dogs a week. She's eating really good dogs. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So going back to the dogs. So the the ones that you guys came up with to launch the J and E with. Yes. The brat, kielbasa, the yeah. kielbasa, mm-hmm. and the, and I ha- I had them all. Oh good. I was there the day you guys came. Yeah, in yeah, I remember. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I took some home. Oh good. And I don't. I'll be honest. I don't usually love a bratwurst. Oh yeah. But I really loved them. Oh good. I don't know I'm if glad. it was. Is there sometimes liver in a bratwurst? Sometimes livery things maybe that's what i don't know there can be are you an, like not super into the liver it's not my fave you're yeah, in safe either. space neither yeah, yeah, of us totally. okay yeah. i'm working on my i was thinking about it last night i'm yeah. i've i have like very few food aversions left yes dill was a big one oh. so i worked through that took 10 years and i'm now like cured oh, good. except i don't Congrats. want in my chicken noodle but okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, if it yeah. showed, it showed up in a ranch the other day, unexpected. Uh-huh. <laughs> you slacked everyone. You're like, what the fuck? There's dill. I was like, who put dill in the ranch? But I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I've evolved. I can handle That's this. So funny. But like, chicken liver is still, yeah, no, yeah. not on yeah. my. And then, um, you guys know Christine Mulkey, right? Yeah, the yeah, writer. Yeah. So she's a colleague, and she was at, I think she was at Noma, and she posted a photo of. A crazy photo, but she mm-hmm. was eating um, tempura'd duck brain, and I was oh. like, "Oh, sure, no gracias." <laughs> yeah, I feel like if things are fried, I'm in. You're, you're there. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, it all kind of tastes. Yeah, same. like even even sweetbreads, like <laughs> right. Yeah, you know they can. I mean, people call it like popcorn chicken almost, right? right? But when you get like a giant <laughs> Who calls piece of it popcorn, I, chicken? I don't know. <laughs> you're just me. looking in the mirror, being like popcorn <laughs> <Right>. chicken. <laughs> This is like when butchers <laughs> rebrand brains. Yes, They're exactly. like, so. <laughs> See, I think brains are like scrambled eggs. They taste almost like eggs. So if you hide them in That was the first time I ate a pig yeah. brain. I was working for you and you were like, just hide it in some sauce. Just don't think 
at it. And I was like, okay. Don't look at it and don't think about it. And you're good. Right. Don't think about it, I think, is huge. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a terrible way to get someone to eat something, though. <laughs> but you guys are like, raising a baby, so you just have yeah. to be like, scrambled brain eggs. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I love it. But the thing she with eats her. crazy, crazy food. <laughs> she's rad. Yeah, she steals, like, fried sardine heads off of the plate, like, just amazing in her mouth she's like rah, rah, rah. I'm like okay. waiting for the moment where she becomes a jackass and stops eating things. so like so it's an evolutionary forward. thing yeah and it will kick in yes it just kicks in and then I read about this phenomenon and it really coincides with when if we were all still like hunting and gathering right. mm-hmm. like the time that you become um, ambulatory and you can like get up and walk away from camp oh. so so it was around like that kind of toddler time huh. and if you toddle off and go eat something that you've never had before you're like oh Sayonara. this looks cool yeah, yeah. you're not coming right. back so, <laughs> it's like, so it is actually a thing That's that they're awesome. they're our brains are tri- you know kind of created whatever that you don't want to explore or try new foods huh. because you could literally die from it yeah. you don't know so uh-huh. just give her all the this, well like, i sort of saw it in my children so i you want to give them as much variety like give right, her right, all right. the sardine yeah. heads before she turns too because then sardine heads will be on the thing of things the list of things that won't kill me. Okay. Good. I okay, read a great. thing once that said the humans didn't have like an enzyme or something to digest broccoli. Oh. So we have like this weird vestigial aversion to eating it because we're like poison. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, and now like, yeah, it's hopefully now being bred yeah, out. But. Sure. <laughs> okay. It's really interesting how that works. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to get you guys to tell me what's in your sauce. You don't actually have to, like, what's the word? Publish this? Oh, no, we do. Oh, we will. We love it. Okay, so let's, sausage, let's talk about that. There's part of you guys that were like, no, the bits and the bobs are, like, good, and we should use those, and when you don't, you're, like, throwing perfectly good food away, which is, like, an old idea that we have gotten to be not yes. great about in our modern right. times. Well, and also some of the farmers we work with, it allows them to sell their like middles to like Italy or grocery stores or like the meat boxes that people do online now. Like it helps them out too. Right. So, so that's, that's part great. of it. You guys are partnering with people who are raising animals. Right. And so you want to have that flexibility to use what they have to put in, but at the same time, you need to have a product that's like consistent, right? right. So how right. do you manage that? Here's here's the thing. What what becomes tricky is because you know again with the best of intentions, we're trying to change how people consume, and the issue has been that you know when you have like a nutrition label on the back of your package, right? That is all calculated according to what cut is used. Mm. So we are no longer in that area where we get to say okay this is all the trim that goes into it. the the unwanted bits don't right. actually get to play a star role in this conversation and it's actually kind of a bummer and i think jocelyn and i are working on that um in the so sense you're saying of, if like one time you you were to use like whatever meat from the neck and another time right. you have right. like stuff from another part that that would change your fat content yes, and it right. would change exactly the so they have content. something called like 65 75s and 85s and it's like that's the percentages they have 95s too and mm-hmm. like we had to kind of stick and be like right. okay we're doing this percentage and Got like it. then they kind of like if somebody like rips the copa out of a pork shoulder and we get the rest of it right 
then that's a certain percentage. So you kind of have to like stick with right. that. So so we do still do that to, to a large extent, but there's parameters now. We think about it on a much larger scale, like what Jocelyn was talking about, where we get to say, okay, we're completing a whole animal circuit mm-hmm. with other businesses and other w- ways of these animals being consumed, and we get to take those bits of it, you right. know, so the shoulder or the leg or whatever. And, and now they're getting paid for something that they might have had to, like, absorb that cost yes, of yeah. in the past. Okay, yes. so there's incentive on both sides. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah this for is sure. like, great, you want to buy this thing that, like, I can't give away? Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. So that's a really fun thing. The next thing that we really wanted to do was to make sure that we kind of pulled out all the known allergens Mm -hmm. from our production, right? So I think when I first started, I was like really anti um, nitrates and nitrites. And then I realized that like it's a hard sell to be able to say like this is a cooked sausage. Yeah, it looks really gray. Right. You know, or like the bacon looks gray, but like it's cool because X, Y, Z. Like, that's a, a hard thing to right. sell over but the But you counter. were also trying to do that, like, seven years ago. And I yeah. feel like now it's a totally different conversation. It is a different Because, like, people come in and they're, like, scared about whatever disease that their kid could develop from that. Right. So much so. more information has yeah. made people mm-hmm. more aware of, like, no, I don't. What are nitrates and why are they in here? Right. But, like, pink salt, which would be used to preserve, to you would put that into, like, a terrine. Yes. Right. Which is also a preservative. Right. Is that a nitrate? Yeah. And I think when you, the the rule is that when you cook it, it kind of goes from nitrite to nitrate. Oh. And so there's like, you know how there's like pink salt number one and pink salt number two? Oh. One is better for you than the other, you know, and especially like, so pink, pink salt two, I think, is what goes into like a dry cured product and it's meant to be consumed raw. So if you then switch them out, and it goes in the wrong product and then it gets cooked, then that's like no we way had to yeah. We had to throw away like a dozen brined briskets once because a prep cook accidentally used two the instead wrong. of one and we all lost yeah. our minds. And that's when you throw away meat. Yeah, because brisket feeling doesn't like right. cook so fast. Yeah. So that yeah. was... Um, so, so But there are no it. nitrites or traits right. in anything that you're doing. Yes, that's correct. So, you know, nitrates and nitrates, like we... we we use like um, celery powder mm-hmm. and stuff, so that's naturally occurring, mm-hmm. right? So there are no chemicals in that way. But there's still like the USDA really requires you to still have trace amounts of that stuff in your products because that's just the federal law. You know what I mean? And it's a food safety concern. Right. So let's be willingly compliant because yeah. that's really the right thing to do. Right. And, you know, but technology, food technologies really come up to the point where there's, you know, cherry powder, there's all sorts of things that kind of go into it that help us feel like we're eating you know like something that's a little rosier something that looks more enticing yeah you know it's so all of that kind of comes into effect for these sausages because the the hot dog definitely had that Mm -hmm. and sort of the kielbasa Mm -hmm. yes yeah absolutely so you know it it doesn't affect the flavor or anything like that and it is again like all natural so you know that feels great for us being new parents and like you know feeding our kids with it and you know even like when I was pregnant like there were there were things that like you're suddenly like oh okay like I can't have cured things I can't have you know things that have been like packed and stored for a long like like, you're not supposed to eat deli meat yeah it's like crazy because yeah yeah. or like raw milk cheeses exactly although like I was in Italy and I was like gummy yeah totally (laughs) I know there are rules here but they're not rules over there right same with the smoking and the uh, coffee and the red wine when you're pregnant yeah in France it's fine she um (laughs) she elbowed someone out of a Aperol spritz line at a wedding in Italy when she was like seven months well one of my proud 
loudest pregnant lady moments. I was at uh, dinner with my mom and my yeah. sister, and I was really pregnant. I was probably like eight months pregnant, sure. and the um, waiter came to the table with the wine glasses and he was putting them down and he was like oh ho, ho, none for you and I was like put the glass yeah. on the table <laughs> and pour me the wine and he was like but and I was like do it <laughs> also none of your beeswax none of your business bro. mister yeah <laughs> I'm of age exactly. but like maybe I wasn't even gonna drink wine but the fact that he was like yes. you're not drinking wine I was like <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, God. <laughs> You're going like, to have a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, I had a straight white Fritz. man at, uh, at uh, what was it? Baby store. When we bye were bye shopping. baby. Oh, yeah, bye yeah, bye yeah. baby. Oh, we we call sh- that buy your baby lots yeah. of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We were buying uh, uh, like a nursing rocker. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, this one's the best because. And I was like, uh-uh, dude. <laughs> so I let him go on this big spiel. And then I looked at Jocelyn. And I was like, we're going to the other bye-bye baby to get it because I'm not going to give him the satisfaction <laughs> of knowing him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's logical. That's so cool funny. stuff yeah, we yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, my, other, my last question, maybe. Yep, yep. Emma gave me a sign. Emma's very subtle, mm-hmm. but there is like a... <laughs> one of those. We're also like really bad at podcasts. Yeah. I want to talk about toppings. Okay. Hot dog yeah. toppings. Oh, that's good. Because, you know, brought with some spicy brown. Sure, mm-hmm. that's great. But like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, Goldens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I'm way Bavarian. too much of a child to not laugh at that. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> what are yeah. things that people are not putting on their dogs yeah. that they should be? So I don't like ketchup. Me neither. Yeah. Ketchup is I think- terrible. I feel like I've had yeah. too many jobs where I've had to like refill ketchup bottles <laughs> to like it. Which, yeah. It's just fucking. But it's like, why not just it like smells... smother it in honey then? Like it's. Just, I mean, <laughs> well, that's, right? It's so sweet. Yeah, like dump sugar on See, it. Bro. I don't like how it <laughs> smells in like a tabletop. Yeah, yeah. Thing that you have to. <laughs> Does your yeah. child eat ketchup? No, no. You dipped a tot in ketchup for her the other yeah, day. She was like, "How don't you <laughs> get her started?" So pissed. Well, she's so psyched. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the largest demographic of people oh, who love ketchup God. are children, oh, and that's so why. Gross. Do you know that's why they invented the squeezy bottle? Mm. So it's easier to get because out? you couldn't give a kid it's the evil. glass bottle with the you right. know doing so that like, hit thing. Fifty seven kid, and, and like, they were huh? like, if it's squeezable, then the child is in control of the portion of the it's portion distribution oh, no. and then it's just like yeah <laughs> diabetes oh please but they sold way more ketchup <laughs> yeah they, oh, i mean that's sure. this cheesy bottle if sure. we could somehow come up with like a child-friendly sauce well like when we did the lisa frank <laughs> at smorgasburg it was like we ended up making mayonnaise purple because we love to put mayo on hot yeah, dogs same and yeah. people and were a, like and a burger but why isn't it that purple ketchup that they were making it was like 10 years ago that like heinz decided ketchup? to make like purple burger king and green and were in cahoots and yeah. now there's like a nickelodeon slime mm-hmm. green it's bright green you can get on amazon they were like why isn't it that and i was like because because <laughs> mayonnaise yeah. isn't purple yeah bro. <laughs> oh, god oh god so, so did you make it purple yeah we made it purple we use butterfly what? pea flour oh yeah. but we have butterfly pea yeah. powder coming up at yeah, our um, christmas cookies it's year. a really fun yeah. Bread ingredient yeah oh absolutely neat. we also made a thai lemonade is what jocelyn calls it but it you know turns colors right Ooh, cool. when, you when you squeeze lemons the into lemon. it i think they right. must use it in mm-hmm. the cocktails at the who's he what's it yeah. The boom boom room? <laughs> Probably. You know me. Yes. I get one night out, I go straight to the boom boom room. Okay, so we'll put mayonnaise. 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 Yeah. And on, but I don't feel like it would you spicy do that on pepper. A brat? 
Uh, I put mayonnaise. I'm from Virginia. Okay. I'm like, give me that mayonnaise. <laughs> Dukes, ideally. Cool. We're a house divided. She's QP. I'm Dukes. Okay. So. Yes, yes. So Anna brought, I personally am like a really big fan of like super spicy but sweet uh, mustard. So mm-hmm. like the Bavarian The one sort. that starts with the L with the red top. Yeah, uh-huh. I know that one. Yeah, yeah it's kind of shaped like a barrel. Yes. I love yeah. that. Yeah, With the red so cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's really great. Um, otherwise, I mean, I think what's cool is to think about uh, sauerkraut, but yeah. different renditions of sauerkraut, like from like an international perspective. So, <laughs> you know, like kimchi, I think, is actually a wonderful pairing yes. with bratwurst. You so know? good. Yeah, and I would explain it to people like, do you know what kimchi is? It is actually like... Korean sauerkraut. Yes. So like, oh. <laughs> no, that's really, people loved yeah. that. Yeah. Because at the Oculus, when you do smorgasbord, it's all tourists. Yes. So like I didn't, I had to learn how to say cabbage in Spanish. Oh, cool. Which was nice. Because <laughs> I'd be like, it's lechuga, pero mas duro. And they'd be like, hard lettuce? Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, ooh, cabbage. <laughs> Repollo, we know. Oh. But uh, I think, I think kimchi is a great. Sorry, kimchi and all the dogs. Yeah, yeah, kimchi totally. And mayonnaise, mayonnaise on yeah. top. Yep, delish. Totally. Yep. I always go aggressively spicy mm-hmm. with mayo. Like totally. we have a farm near us that the farmer who runs it is really obsessed with peppers, so he's got like ten varieties, and yeah. we bought so many of them and pickled them, so now we're set. Ooh. Totally, and we usually pickle it in, like, rice wine vinegar and then kick it up with, like, some extra sweetness. And so it's sweet but also, like, fire. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And I the... like putting hoagie spread on a hot dog as well. Oh, what yeah, is hoagie do. spread? Like, the calabrese, like... Bomba oh. calabrese. Oh, sure. Very Italian-American, uh-huh. like, I love it so much. I like to put it under the dog and on top of the dog. So. I know, that's... A, mm-hmm. There's, like, a... You, you need to season the bun. Yeah, agree. And then the bun is also a thing. Yeah. That's a big thing, yeah. Yeah. Totally. You guys go in for like a potato? Usually. Yeah. And then yeah. the size of your dogs. I read something about like that being an important thing and like yeah. how far beyond the bun can the dog go? Yeah. And like the foot, the whole like ha- right. foot longs and like that's a different bun situation. So I grew up in Germany where a bun was mostly like a handle. It was oh. like. Oh. Like it really was just coming through the middle? Yeah, it was. Like a saddle? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) A little hot dog saddle. Oh, Jesus. So it was just your holder. Yeah, it was like a little. Yeah. Because it's too much bun for me usually. I'm constantly pulling the bun off. Agree. Yeah. So if you get like a round, like Orwashers makes like a great little round ciabatta mm-hmm. that you can just kind of slice and Perfect. pop the dog in, and then it's, yeah, we did that you for don't October even have to eat it. Yeah. Oh, you totally. guys could yeah. do the you yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Especially, German bun. Yeah. Well, that yeah. Way, well, in Germany they also give you an edible, like waffer cone for your French fries. <laughs> so you eat all your French you fries the whole with thing. mayonnaise, right? And then you eat your cone. No waste. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Keep the napkins off yeah. the road. 1991 Germany. Who knew? I don't know. I love the idea that the first bite is just the dog. Yes. And maybe some toppings, but like, you know, the toppings are going to slide off if you have a hot hot dog or a hot totally you know, sausage. Right. So I think the first bite ought to be this very clear idea of what you're eating. Yeah. You know, and then the rest can be like, you know, toppings and bun and like, and then it's a party and then you finish up with that one last hot right. dog. Right. But bite. I think Great. there's yeah. totally totally. so much totally. bun because of how the sausage gets made. Like people don't yeah. want to taste that bun. Just way to bring it back to how the sausage. Um, but I think that's a thing. Like, you know, like whenever I have to like politely eat liver, I'm like, I'm just going to put it on this toast and like cover it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think also when you have that first bite of just the, 
sausage or the hot dog, mm-hmm. you get the you get the full texture. Mm-hmm. Like you get to what is going on with this thing. It's right? a representation a snappy of boy or yes. juicy like, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the totally. rest of it. Love Agreed. it. I'm snappy boy would be a great name for a hot dog Or next year. Or a dog. Yeah, it's true. true. <laughs> Come here, snappy boy. Oh, I think you guys God. need to roll out with snappy boy. <laughs> it's going to happen. That's why we called it small goods. We can do whatever we you want. Can do whatever yeah, we yeah. want. And then um, uh, German saddle buns. <laughs> saddle buns. Oh, God. There's of so the many world. options. I'm hungry for hot dogs now yeah, so great job yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming in sure, thanks yeah, for having yeah. us Anytime. sarah jampel welcome to the bon appetit food cast thanks my first time are you nervous i'm a little nervous <laughs> okay we won't. i'm do- just nervous you're gonna bully me for 20 minutes <laughs> i wouldn't that's so not fair just here to talk about nuts that's- i have a nut anecdote to share okay let's go um i love nuts because they're crunchy, they can be salty, they add texture, they add fat. And I have this one really good friend who's allergic to nuts. Mm. And not to toot my own horn, but I am a fairly considerate friend. And yet I can I have some mental block where wherever he comes over, I make something with nuts, even though I know that he's allergic to it because it's my default to like add nuts to everything I make. I think some psychiatrist or therapist would say that's not a mental block. It's <laughs> like some Freudian thing that you're trying I'm to- I'm trying to yeah. kill my friend. Yes. Do you, is he really your friend? He's a great friend. Is he though? He signed my ketuba at my wedding, so he's a good friend. He's like a lifelong, lifelonger. No, not if you keep cooking for him, he's not going to be a lifelong friend. But I am always sad that I can't make like frangipan or oh. add nuts to a salad or use almond flour because he's allergic. Is he allergic? So tree nuts versus like peanuts are not tree nuts. Can he eat peanuts? He can eat peanuts, um, and that was kind of one of the things that actually got cut from the print issue was that. We had a little blurb on the very first page that kind of explained what a true nut is versus a legume, like a peanut, versus actual like other parts of the plant that are not nuts but that we think of as culinary nuts. Hmm. So like cashews are not nuts, hazelnuts are not nuts, almonds are not nuts. Basically, most things we think of are not nuts. All right, uh, this what? Okay, should we just <laughs> cancel this episode because I don't know what are you what are you talking about? A lot, like botanically. <laughs> Oh my god! This is like beyond the scope of basically, which I think is why it got cut from the issue. But Emma, are you sure you wanted Sarah to come on the podcast? <laughs> Botanically, many of the things we treat as nuts are not nuts. So, like pine nuts are not nuts. What it's about very you? Very confusing. I'm very nutty. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think I can't remember what like the actual nuts were. I think like a Brazil nut is a nut. No, Fine. No one likes Brazil nuts. We didn't include any Brazil nuts. All right, so for the section, you have this beautiful Irving Penn-looking still life, and we got pecans and walnuts and hazelnuts and... Pistachio. Pistachio, cashew. Cashew. Nuts or not, whatever. That's what we're going with. Um, let's start off about buying nuts, because I, I feel like half the time I buy nuts, I'm at the airport, I just want something that's not disgusting, and next thing I know, I'm paying seven ninety five for a tiny bag of cashews. I feel like there's got to be a better way, right? Right. I mean... I wouldn't recommend buying pre-packaged airport nuts in general. <laughs> really? You yeah, think? I mean, you have no idea how old they are. I feel like a lot of people eat nuts because they're a really healthy alternative. I think there was a study that came out recently that said that like, if you eat a small amount of nuts a day, you're actually less likely to gain weight over time. My mom told me that. Thank you, mom. 
But I think that you're what kind if you of like. you also go to Shake Shack every day? Well, I think the point is that you like satiate yourself with nuts, and so you're not eating like a brownie. Yeah. Because nuts I love are really food studies because whatever makes sense now is going to be completely right. changed five years exactly. from now. Exactly. Um, but I think you kind of like negate some of that when you buy nuts that are kind of like coated with who knows what yeah. and have been sitting around so, at the airport. All right. So what nuts should I be buying and where should I buy them? So we recommend that you are buying whole raw nuts because those are like the most versatile. They're blank canvases. You can roast them. You can salt them. You can season them with za'atar. You can do whatever you want. So I'm, they're not roasted. They're just like raw almonds. Raw. And I get them from like the bulk bin at the grocery store? Yeah, from the bulk bin or just a grocery store that you know has high turnover. So like not a grocery store where things are kind of like yellowing on the shelves because nuts go bad. I would just say in general you shouldn't shop there. <laughs> right. But, you know, sometimes you're desperate. Yeah, you um, but you not do. the time to buy nuts. Okay, so I buy – let's say – all right. I like cashews for indulgence. I like almonds because I love to like throw those in salads and do all sorts of things with almonds. So I buy a couple of large-ish containers. I get home. I never know what to do with them. Am I sticking them in the cupboard? Am I sticking them in the freezer? Like I don't quite understand the whole storage thing. Okay. It just depends how fast you're going through those nuts. So like I wouldn't recommend ever buying more nuts than you're going to be able to consume in a few months because mm. you can store them in the freezer. That's definitely a way to preserve them, but they're not going to be at their best at that point. You know what I mean? Like it's better to buy ice smaller cold, quantities. Ice cold, unsalted raw right. nuts aren't tasty? No. <laughs> it's better to buy smaller quantities and then you should be roasting them kind of as you need them because once you roast them and you're like bringing all their essential oils to the surface and making them tastier, you also make them less able to last a long time. See, that's what I find fascinating about nuts. Uh, <laughs> I'm being serious here. So I'll be in the BA test kitchen. We actually do store a lot of the nuts in the freezer mm -hmm. um, because there's just everything needs to go somewhere. There's so much going on. Uh, they, they are in larger quantities, so they've got to last right. longer because the way we order food. Take uh, Chris Morocco was doing something the other day, or maybe you were, I don't even know, with, with um, wa uh, walnuts. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, walnuts, especially if you crack them out of the shell, raw walnuts, I find really tannic bitter. and not that bitter, not that flavorful. You guys were roasting them, and they were on a sheet tray, and all of a sudden they became so warm and, for lack of a better word, nutty, nutty <laughs> and roasty. Right. And I was like, oh, these are delicious well, now. Well, that's why I kind of cringe when I see people eating raw nuts, not because yes. – it's n like nothing I've done before, but just because raw nuts are so much less delicious than toasted nuts. It's like a really quick, simple way to make it taste They're so the much worst. Better. When I was at GQ for They're years, squeaky. and we would be in, this is going to sound obnoxious, but anyways, we'd go to fashion shows in Milan, <laughs> and we were driving around, and Emma's was like, don't tell this story. But, <laughs> so the fashion team, Jim Moore and Madeline and Maria and stuff, and they, and they go to like 17 shows a day and walkthroughs, and they're just... They're not going to the hour and a half long lunches like some of us were and dinners, and they would just travel with little baggies of raw, unsalted, unroasted almonds. It's a and very it was sad just snack. so depressing. Yeah. And that's like, we don't have time for lunch. I'm like, do you, yeah, you do actually. Anyways, they didn't, and that's what they would eat and subsist on, and it would just depress me. It's like, you're in Italy. Right. Stop for at least a panini or something. <laughs> a panino. Panini. I was going <laughs> to say panino, but then that would have been really obnoxious. <laughs> But then when you roast them, all of a sudden, roasted almonds, raw almonds, depressing, roasted nutty almonds, where you guys – talk to me about the, the temperature and time to get them all the way evenly browned all the way through. So they're just mm. – So I think the thing is that it takes longer than you think. Yes. So it kind of takes between 8 to 12 minutes. It could take even longer if you're using a denser, harder nut. So like – 
that's kind of a confusing thing, but almonds are like a harder nut than a pecan, just if, like you eat one raw. So pecans are going to get toasted in less time yeah. than an almond. Or cashews are always buttery, soft nuts. Like almonds, like you can crack it. Right. I you can crack a tooth on, but yeah, <laughs> if you have a sore tooth, go on the other side yeah. of the mouth. Um, I've got that problem right now with the left side. I got some dental work done. and it, um, it's, it's. I went to the dentist yesterday. Oh, how'd it go? Beautiful teeth. Oh. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Yeah. Emoji clap. But we prefer, it's easier, I think, to roast nuts in the oven rather than the stovetop because oh, nuts are pretty up. temperature yeah. sensitive. I used to do that, and they would get basically, I would, I would go they to would do burn. something else where you're cooking dinner, and you go, oh, and then one side is basically burnt. But right. So on a little sheet tray, like you say 350? Yeah. I mean, 325 will work too. Sure. It will take longer. I also think it's one of those things where you can, you can kind of smell when they're ready. Yeah, I wouldn't walk too far away. Like, because if you do forget to set a timer, you should have that smell that tells you the nuts are finished. Um, and when they're toasted, like an almond, for example, or a hazelnut or a cashew, you'll cut it open and you'll notice that that like raw, light color is gone and it should be kind of brown all the way through. I think one of the reasons that we don't recommend buying pre-toasted nuts is because they're never quite as roasted as we'd like. Yeah. So it's like, what's the point of buying roasted nuts and then re-roasting them? when you can just do it yourself to your preference. Wait, you never told me where you store your nuts at, at, at the John Pell residence. So I store them in the fridge. In hmm. what sort of container? In mason a, jars. Mason jars, okay. But if I have nuts and I know like in the next couple of weeks I'm going to make granola or I'm going to make almond butter, then I just leave them at room temperature. All right, before we get to what to do with all these yummy toasted nuts, speaking of the stovetop, you have something, a little feature in this package about – Roast them in the oven or, number four, point number four, or grab the butter and turn on the stove. Yeah, so what's even better than roasted nuts are nuts that get cooked in butter on the stove. No way, really? Yes, it's even better. (laughs) (laughs) The trick is that the butter, so we just said that like toasting on the stove is an uneven way to cook them. So now we're recommending that you do it. But it feels like you got to be pretty hands-on, But the butter also acts as like a heat conductor, and so it makes it more even and less likely likely that your nuts are going to cook in patches or burn. The butter kind of helps everything to move along. But the butter browns as the nuts toast, so you get like the double whammy of toasty butter flavor plus Mm. the roasted nuts. And you can add chili flakes. You can add a sprig of thyme or rosemary. Salt, of course. Yeah. Drizzle it with honey. Add salt. Oh, my God. And it becomes just like a snack in itself. I feel like this is the sort of thing when you guys are doing this in the BA kitchen and I'm walking around, I just am reaching over and like eating all of these before. You do it for like a recipe. Right. I don't know that. And then you come and you mess up the amount that we have. Yes. It's hard not to. And you say cook, stirring often until nuts are golden brown, five to seven minutes. This is over... Medium heat, probably yeah. medium low. Medium. And you say in a heavy, like a, a cast iron skillet, so it's not too thin. And using a slotted spoon, transfer to paper towels and let cool. Then eat by the handful, or sprinkle over seared fish or salads. Yeah. That brings <laughs> us delicious. to what to do with all these nuts. Because, like I say, I think a lot of us think of nuts as that 3 p.m. snack when we're at work. We're trying to be healthy, and I go, oh, I should just eat some almonds. Mm-hmm. So I don't like ruin Obama. My yeah. We had, did we tell that story on the – I think we did that story when Alex Wagner and the, and the guys from the circus were on about the Obama story. That it wasn't literally seven right. almonds, but he is pretty fastidious about eating a sort of spare diet throughout the day and not snacking and stuff. I just can't imagine eating – well, it's funny because my husband one time came home and was like, I feel so sick. I ate so many almonds. 
And I was like, what do you mean by so many? And he was like, I don't know, 40? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, how did you possibly eat 40 almonds? Like that is... Was he in just some like boring conference room meeting and there was a thing of almonds in the table? I have no, I think he was just like, he got started and he never stopped. The like, way I'm using nuts is by adding them to other things I'm cooking, not like eating them by the handful. Can we go back to the airport quickly yeah. before we get into what to do with the nuts? If you ever go buy like these smoked almonds at the airport, mm. look at the ingredient list. It's kind of horrifying. What you would you think it would, well, it's not just like almonds and salt. There's all sorts of other crap on there that you're like, oh, that doesn't actually look very healthy at right. all. And I would say that, like, I've tried to buy smoked almonds or salted almonds and cook with them, and it kind of, like, throws off all your seasoning. It's too much, yeah. So if you're, like, making a sauce with almonds, but they're salted or smoked, like, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about some of the things that you like to do. You've got these beautiful toasted, freshish nuts. Um, I mean fresh in the sense they haven't been sitting around forever. Um, give me some things that you cook with that the average home cook might not think about. The average home cook, well, I don't know what the average home cook knows. Not as much as you. How about um, that? What do you do with them? I put them on. So I think that nuts and pasta are is like a delicious combination. Okay. That, so I, don't, I don't think most people would do that. Right. Talk so my me. parents definitely wouldn't do that. So like a creamy lemon pasta. I feel like your parents want to do a lot of things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't make pasta. But like a creamy lemon pasta with toasted hazelnuts on top. Mm, Sounds good. Right. Yeah, or um, we make a lot of, like, savory fruit salad. I love fruit, and I try to find ways to eat it as much as possible. So we make a lot of fruit salads that are, like, thinly sliced persimmons and apples with um, butter-toasted walnuts and then shaved Parmesan cheese or something like that. We see that a lot these days, I want to say in the last, like, couple of years, as radicchio type of salads have become very popular, and you get that sort of – radicchio or uh what's the other one the uh um, on and stuff Andive. with always with walnuts mm -hmm. maybe some sliced apple or a little bit of cheese in there like that's a very common yeah. one i also i think almonds are a natural toasted almonds mm -hmm. for salads yeah you know what i love to do can i tell you it's more of a summertime thing i love the make up like a big pot of basmati rice uh -huh. toast some almonds chop up the almonds throw them in the rice with a bunch of chops fresh cilantro then maybe i'll have a little like charred scallions on the grill chop those up maybe there's some cherry tomatoes or whatever like also a little blistered and toss it all together throw a little lemon juice and olive oil mm -hmm. and it's so nice but those crunchy toasted almonds just add a, a crunchiness and a, and a sort of meatiness to it which i love right and whenever i'm making like a green salad that i'm not that excited about like i have romaine and i have some sort of lemon vinaigrette then I know that like a nut is going to make it many times more exciting and delicious to eat. I think so because like sometimes the salad can be a little lean. And you want something that makes it a little bit indulgent, and right. if you don't have like an avocado or something, mm -hmm. a nut adds that fat content mm -hmm. and, a, and uh, not to mention crunch, which I really like right. a lot. You also say green sauce. Any green sauce you're throwing together will gain richness and body from a quarter cup of nuts. Try cilantro with peanuts. Ooh. Parsley with almonds or mint with hazelnuts. So you mean like a, a herby, olive oily sort of thing? Yeah. So like the way that traditional Genovese pesto has pine nuts mm, in it. Look at you. You would use another nut to kind of replace the pine nut. But that can be something that you're making in a food processor, a blender, or just like a quick sauce that you're making on a cutting board by finely chopping 
like just mince some garlic with salt, add herbs, chop them up, add some nuts, and you'll get like a chunky sauce. I love that. Maybe yeah, throw a little like vinegar or something in mm-hmm. there. Because I, I often do some sort of hacked version of chimichurri or right. salsa verde. But I love the notion of adding a little nut in there. And especially if you're doing fish or something and you want – I got a steak. I don't know if I need – more fat and richness mm-hmm. but like yeah if you have a nice sort of lean white fish yeah i feel like andy baragani especially is known for putting like really well toasted nuts on a seared piece of fish or like a baked piece of white fish or something um you also mentioned smoothies and shakes i've written about this before and i've talked about this before. i just went to the gym this morning with my trainer damien congratulations I'm a man of a shout out to age. damien <laughs> and the only reason i go to the trainer is for the smoothie afterwards i like to call it a power shake uh, but it's got like acai, 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 whatever. Acai. Acai. I feel like, <laughs> like bread. Uh, strawberries, pro- little protein powder, a little almond milk, and then peanut butter. I always ask for extra peanut butter. Right. So that makes it like gives it that Creamy sort of baseline. Creamy and sweet. Yeah. Um, I wonder what kind of peanut butter they're using. Like, do you think it's like I, Jif? I, no, I think it's like organic because you don't get that sweet. Yeah, I think so. But um, I feel like cashews especially are, like, the secret ingredient of all vegan creamy recipes. Like, there's cashew queso. There's cashew cheesecake. Like, there's cashew ranch dressing because yeah, cashews that. especially are, like, super soft and creamy and pretty neutral tasting. And so you soak them and you blend them into a smoothie and it's, like, you might as well have used milk. What do you think about uh, – I feel like um – macadamias are kind of cheating like they're that's just like eating butter in a it's, solid form they're too much for me they are they're just like scallop of the nuts see i think scallops are too rich also yeah like, it, you're like i the notion of getting like scallops for like an entree i'm like that's that's crazy talk i can't i mean do that. i had never had scallops before i started working here and huh. i had one for the first time and i felt like i was just biting into a stick of butter right I mean, yeah. I can eat like a 14-ounce ribeye without a problem, but there's something about scallops. So that's how I feel about macadamia nuts, too. And oftentimes, people will do, you notice this, Emma, a lot of times, <laughs> kind of became popular in the 90s, the seared scallops in brown butter with mm. like chopped hazelnuts on top. That's also very Baragani. Mm-hmm. All right, last point. Yes, you do want to be the person who makes nut butter. No. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Have you ever had? Have you ever had it or made it? I've had peanut butter before. So we were kind of thinking about all the different like DIY type things that we wanted to include in this package. One was nut butter, which made it. One was nut milks, which did not make the cut. And I think we were also talking about nut flour, like how to make almond flour at home. Very easy. I think that's interesting, but that's more 2.0 for like, people like you who are like, uh, very dedicated bakers. Right. But nut butter, I truly think the kind that you make at home is superior to most that you'll find at the store. Okay, so what do you make at home? If you're going to make one nut butter, what is it? How do you I make think it? cashew butter. Okay, so what do um, you do? Well, I roast the cashews. People do it with raw nuts, but at we're not a, talking about them. We're talking about Sarah Champet. Okay, so roasted. Roast the nuts because they'll be a hundred times more flavorful okay. if you roast them first. Then all you need to do is just put them in your food processor. If you have a high-powered blender, you can use it also. And then just let it go. And it's amazing how it breaks down. Do you have to add oil or anything? You don't necessarily have to, depending on the consistency you want. If you do want it to be like a more saucy, creamy, mm-hmm. then yeah, yeah. Add, a, add a tablespoon of neutral oil. Salt it. Any sugar? I usually add honey, honey okay. or maple, but like the beauty of it is that you can make it whatever you want. Like you can add cocoa powder, you can add 
cayenne. You could add so you miso. I feel like there was a recipe. Well, there was something going around the other day. We were just shooting that was like some sort of nut butter that had like seeds and maybe coconut oh, yeah, and stuff in there. Oh yeah, it's the power butter from the February issue. Okay, coming up. That's almond butter with like chia seeds, sesame seeds, ancho chili powder. So start start um, with the base, and then from there, if you want to add stuff, there's yeah, no reason you need. But can. you can make like nut butters that you'd never find at a store. All right, I'm gonna try that. Yeah. John Pell, thanks for coming on the Bon Appetit Foodcast. Thanks for having me. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced and edited by Emma Wartsman, with additional programming help from Carrie Polis and Elise Namine. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wartsman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to reach out to us about this episode or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.